So John 14 and verse, we'll begin in verse 1. Um, we'll start here. But there is something you can do and begin to do and practice, and we should do this in our lives no matter what. This is where victory is. This is where faith is. This is the core of being strong in the Lord. And, and I may preach this for 15 minutes, but it's enough. You can be strong in the Lord. And you don't have to be bothered. Jesus said, when you see all this stuff coming to pass in Luke 21, he said, lift up your eyes and look. In other words, don't just get your focus on it. Don't just watch the news. You out there? It's okay to watch it, but don't, you know, when a major catastrophic event happens, our world is bent on negative. So when it starts, when bad starts happening, Man, you could watch the, when the shuttle, and I'm not trying to light, make light of the people who perished in it, but man, you could watch them die again and again and explode again and again, and people just watch them take off, and this is how it happened, and then boom, and, and everybody's like, whoa. Or you could watch the building, you know, on September 11th collapse time after time after time throughout the day. You could turn from channel to channel and watch people running from the smoke and watch that cloud overtake those people. Aren't those images burned in people? wonder how they got there. Because people, you, you just turn on every channel, it just replayed and replayed and replayed and replayed. And it just didn't replay for one day. And it didn't just replay for two days. And it just didn't replay for three days. It just kept replaying. Why? Because the world is not wanting you to be positive and live in victory. They sensationalize and there, didn't, there wasn't need for sensationalism in that. But they just played on it because they're about the money. And they don't know better. And they're godless in some senses, you know. Or, you know, they're not just saying, well, praise the Lord. We, we can believe God. And we can trust God that, that nobody else will die. And that he'll expose the next, you know, thing that comes against the country. And he'll protect us because we're going to serve him as believers. And, and the lost in our country are going to benefit from it. We don't hear that. We, we should hear that in the Bible and in the church, but you're not going to hear that in the media. So you're just going to probably, you know, take it in right measurements. You know what I mean? I remember one time a preacher uh, had been watching Sports Channel, a sports center, you know, or whatever, and he had it on one station and watched the whole thing, and it told who won, who lost, every all the highlights. Then he turned to the other one, and it replayed for the next half hour. Then he turned to the next one, and the same stuff, the same wins, the same losses, all the information he had got, now twice he was about to get for a third time, and he said the Lord spoke to him and said, I didn't call you to be a sports announcer. In other words, why do you just need to keep feeding on that? Yeah, out there? But that same thing is true. Why do we... That's not what needs to come out of us later. You with me? And, and so here, Jesus makes an interesting statement in John 14, uh, 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, believe also. Or you believe in God, believe also in me. Notice he makes this phrase, let not your heart be troubled. Notice it didn't say God's going to do that. He said, you don't let your heart be troubled. 
when we hit troubled times, it's up to me, it's up to you. Somebody said, I can't do that. You can do it. I can do it. Notice this in, in verse 27, and we'll talk about how to do it. Um, verse 27, it says, peace, same chapter, peace I, 1427, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Notice he says the same thing again, but adds more. Let not your heart be troubled, neither or also let it be afraid. So that means you don't have to let your heart get troubled. You don't have to let your heart get afraid. Notice he gives you his peace. He has given you something, and so then he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. He said, I've given you this. This is where faith lives, right here. This is how faith in your heart really has its dwelling, its place. When trouble comes, when pressure comes, and I mean, it can be any kind of pressure. I don't mean big things here. You're taking a test and you get all, ugh, or a test is coming, you know, through life, or it is a big catastrophic event. But any test, any trial that comes to you right here is really how to settle your heart in for what is right and believe what's right. He said you don't do it so that you have a choice in this matter. But many times we've been trained to worry, to be afraid, and we didn't know and so we've just done it. And we didn't know what to do to stop worrying. We didn't know that it could be a, it's a battle, meaning stuff coming against you. And you have a choice in it. When that initial thoughts come that say the ship is sinking, he didn't hear your prayer, he's not working now, you have a choice. You have a choice to believe something or not believe something, both of them are really believing something. In other words, I have a choice on what I can believe at that moment. So when I live in this peace, I have a right to maintain this peace. He's given it to me, he's given it to you, and he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Oh Lord, then Please don't give, don't, don't let my heart. No, he said, you. The heart is really the core of you. You know, when we talk about the heart of a tree or the heart of a matter, that, that's your core. In order to be, have a troubled heart or to have peace, you have to do one thing, entertain something entertain something entertain something what, what, what is entertain something we we 
what do we call movie theaters? They're entertainment places, entertainment centers, you know. What do we do? We go to a baseball game. It's for entertainment. What do they do? They want to occupy your time. They put something in front of you to watch so that you find pleasure in it. So you feed on it. You look on it. You dwell on it. And isn't it interesting? A lot of times when you leave those places, you say, that was the dumbest movie I ever saw. That was the greatest movie. This part was good. That was, oh, that romantic part. Yeah. I don't know why they had that in that fight em movie, you know, shoot em up movie. But whatever it is, you have your opinion, you know, baseball game, it's this, or basketball game, whatever. They're all things of entertainment. One thing about this and a troubled heart or having peace, it really comes down to what you entertain. There's an interesting statement when we read through Mark 13 that you will find in the New Testament often. And it's this word, heed. H-E-E-D. It actually can be a very positive thing and can be a very negative thing. It produces something in a person. It produces a troubled heart. It can produce bitterness. It can produce unforgiveness. But it also can produce faith. It can produce peace. It can produce the fruit of love. And it has to do with the individual giving heed. It's a word we don't use, but it is a Bible word. It was used in Matt, you know, right there in Mark, but it's also used in the book of Book of Acts. It's, and Paul used it in his writings. What does it mean? It means to really give your attention to something. When bad things come your way you have an opportunity to entertain, to give heed, to give your attention to it. I know in life, we all are going to have stuff that's going to come. But what you have to do is choose inside what I will begin to entertain. You know, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, they talked about putting your, his word, you know, writing it on your forehead as frontlets or whatever, you know. In other words, and I know it's not to be literal, but if you see certain people in pictures, you know, you'll see the Jewish people and they have this square thing up here. I believe that's the, the writings or whatever. And so what they do is they put that there as a frontlet, so it's there in front of your eye almost up above in your mind and they put that on well why do they do that it's actually more of a symbolic thing than it is a literal thing but if you put something that hangs here he's basically saying that's what you need to look at that's what needs to be on your mind that will do you nothing if I get a tattoo that says I'm a lover, you know, or whatever, you know, I'm a forgiver, I'm forgiven, whatever it is, I'm this, that may tell you something, but it, I could be anything else but that at that time. So to put it here and have this big thing sticking out, you know, this black square thing with the, you know, the big strap around your head, is more to be symbolic. God wasn't saying to them, put that on like that. He just meant 
Keep that in front of your mind. Keep your mind entertaining the right thing. Don't allow yourself to switch and think over on something negative. And when we're talking about a troubled heart, this, this we need to know. This is really a faith issue. And, and I've said this and I've heard this and it's really important because sometimes people think faith is really what you possess. Like, you know, well, what do you got in your pocket? And then you're like, well, I got 12 cents. And they think it's something they possess. And so what they'll do is they'll read and read and read and think that they're possessing more. Reading more and listening to more. But believing is really more what you do than what you possess. Let me say that again. Believing is more what you do internally than just what you possess. Meaning if I believe God is for me and I'm doing good and I'm shouting woo and then all of a sudden trouble comes. Ha! And it's going to come. Somebody said, I thought I had great faith. Great faith is what you do. So when that comes, this is something internal. The greatest battles we will ever see are not going to be that Ezekiel 38 war. They occur internally. Some of the greatest victors in life sit in churches every Sunday. And they look like mild-mannered reporters. You know what I'm saying? They've been through more battles to serve God than the rest of the world because they're just on the river floating along. But we can win every battle and always triumph, but believing is more what I do. So if all of a sudden, if I pray and say, God, I believe this, you know, I ask you for it, I believe I've got it, and then all of a sudden everything appears and says, you don't have it. I have a choice to give heed which means give my attention and start thinking, he didn't hear, it didn't work, it's not happening, it's not mine. Your heart will become troubled. Faith is not just so much what you possess as what you do in your internal actions. So what do I have to do? I have to take and get my mind away from that and purpose inside, way down inside. You know, haven't you ever done that before, purpose something? Haven't you? Somebody said, well, you're this, and then inside, or you're, this is going to happen. You just went, nuh-uh. You ever done that? We are to do that with God, not go, mm-mm, I ain't going to do what you tell me. Not like that, but, but set yourself and go, no, this is what I'm going to stick with no matter what bombards me. You know, it's interesting in, in James He talks about the man that's driven by the waves and the wind of the sea. He he said that's not a faith person. A person that trusts God, he said, won't be driven that way. Well, anybody can become a faith person like that. Even if if, if none of us had been until now, we could all walk out the door being a trusting faith person in the Lord. It just really comes down to, I need to read a bunch. No, because Jesus wouldn't have corrected people. It's good to read, but it's what you do with what you read that counts. 
And so what am I doing with it when the storm comes? Am I just adopting a thought and getting angry, getting bitter, thinking, oh, no, it's not going to happen? Or do I rejoice in his word as one who has found a great spoil, like the Bible said? And go, glory to God. I didn't say you feel like it. You go, hallelujah. And you get your mind off the problem and on the answer. And you trust what he said. Notice this, because we're talking about how to not have a troubled heart. Here's the whole thing. If it cannot be stopped, this whole world's in trouble. If a troubled heart cannot be stopped, we're in trouble. But I know this, I'm going to make money. You say, how do you know? Well, I'm going to start selling army helmets and everything like that. Because people are like, oh, I'm afraid. You understand what I'm saying? You make money on it somehow. Because everybody's going to be afraid. Everybody's going to need a bulletproof vest. And everybody's going to need this. And everybody's going to need all this stuff. I'll just go into that business and make, make a buck off of it. But everybody's heart does not have to be troubled. Or if we find somebody who has totally just emotionally come unglued, then we all have to come to that place if we can't stop it. If there is no remedy, we're all doomed to it. Turn to Philippians 4. And we'll probably just read this verse. We may read one more, but Philippians, the fourth chapter. This is really how to not have a troubled heart. This, this is a habit. You know, they talk about, you know, if you form a habit, it takes this many days. No, but this is a habit that you have to form in your life. Faith is really a habit. It's the internal workings of how you, when you are presented with trouble, and you can be tr presented with trouble when nobody's watching, when nobody externally is giving you a troubling word, and everybody could be saying, we love you, and then all of a sudden, this thought comes against your head. You have a choice right then to either entertain that or move your thinking somewhere else. And look at what the answer is and entertain the answer. Now, does it mean it's always easy to do that? No, but can you get strong in faith? Wonder what strong faith looks like. It looks like that. Where you stand up under things that come and you don't budge. And that's an internal thing. So Philippians, the fourth chapter, actually tells us how to keep our heart from being troubled and being afraid. Notice this in Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious or fretful or worrisome for nothing. So listen, we don't have to let our hearts be troubled. Not one person in here does. No matter who you think you are, who you think you're not, or whatever, there's not one person here who has to have a troubled heart who has to be overcome and live in fear, who has to live in defeat, who has to live overcome. Not one person. Matter of fact, you can be the oddball. Somebody said, well, I am. Awesome. But here's how you can be an oddball, a true one. But it should be not odd. It should be regular. You could be the person who lives without fear and trouble times. When everything's coming apart, 
here I am. You don't have to, everybody's like, Aah! you don't have to go, Aah! we're all afraid. I'm afraid with you. You can just lift your hands and go, woo, glory to God. And they're like, that's not what we're saying. You with me? But does that just, well, I thought I had great faith. Great faith is not so much what you possess, but what you exercise. That's helpful to know. And how do I exercise it? Don't let your heart be troubled when bad news comes. What do I do then if I don't entertain that? You entertain something else that God said. I'm with you always. I'll deliver you. I'll show you my salvation. I'll make you the head. You are the head. The greater one's in you. He'll direct you. He'll guide you. That life will quicken you. There's power inside of you because God lives there. You're not desolate and destitute when you have Him. Amen? So He said this, Be anxious, fretful, fearful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication or a humble request, request with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Somebody said, I've been praying. But that praying there is really connected to verse 8. What are you going to do once you pray? After you pray, are you going to believe that you got it when you prayed? So believing is more what I do than what I just possess you with me so what am i going to do after i prayed and said lord i give this to you i don't know what i'm going to do if we're worrying and full of fear we're not trusting we can keep ourselves individually from worrying i can you can no matter what but what do you have to do notice he said, finally, brethren, what, verse 8, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, some things that are true are not of a good report. It might be true what the debtor said. It might be true what the doctor said. But is it really true? Is it a good report? Is there another report to read and then believe and think on? Well, you're just denying reality. No, we're not denying anything. We're making a choice to believe something and not let our hearts be troubled. And when we learn how to trust, and this is the action of trust. He said, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy. In other words, not everything that's true is worthy of praise. Did you hear what so-and-so did? Oh, they were off doing this, and that's not praiseworthy. It's true, but it's not noble. It's not virtuous. You out there? So really, what is this? It's more something I do than just possess. You with me? So what would I do to let my heart not be troubled? If my heart is troubled, I can calm my own heart because I already have his peace. God will help me. I just need to cast my care on the Lord. And you can do it. Just say, Lord, I give you that care. Somebody said, how do I know I did it? Just say it. You don't believe what you say? 
you think everything you say is a lie? Well, no. Well, then just say it. I give it to you. Then he's got it. Thank you, Lord. You've got it. You said your peace will rule me. And then what happens when five seconds passes and a thought comes? What are you going to do? That's where the battle for a troubled heart comes. Right there. What am I, what are you going to do? Nothing. I'm looking at you, Lord, and I'm going to put my attention on you and I trust you. Somebody said, that's crazy. No, that's trusting God. What you do, meaning not you, meaning them or whoever says that, they'll be full of worry. I'll not lose sleep. You will not lose sleep. You won't have to, you know, sit up late at night, like the Bible said, and eat the bread of sorrow. How do you eat the bread of sorrow? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had moldy bread before. Have you ever bought stuff and then you looked at the bottom and went, whoa, there's mold on that. But I've, I've found wheat bread. I found raisin bread. Don't care for that. Found jalapeno bread like that. But I've never been to the bread area where it says, you know, that you stay up late at night eating the bread of sorrows and you're like, I'll put this in the toaster and have a piece of bread of sorrow. You don't find that there. Where do you get the bread of sorrow? It's what you entertain. It's, it's what creates a troubled heart. So when you entertain it, you're eating the bread of sorrow. Isn't it interesting? Jesus called healing the children's bread. What we entertain is what we eat. And what we eat makes us weak, strong, full of peace, troubled, whatever it is, and it's what I entertain. 